When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just point to the logo on my chest and tell him, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ayy. Hit it up hard, hit him with strike, from the national anthem to the bottom of the night. I'm in Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ayy. You already know what's up, what's that another home run? What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 344 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden here on February 22nd, 2023. It's the four-year anniversary of the Padres' introductory press conference with Manny Machado. A lot of things changed on that day, and it seems like ever since that day, a lot of things have gotten better in Padre land, right? So I'm super excited for this Padre season. Uh, hopefully you guys are all doing well listening on the podcast platforms or watching on YouTube here. Uh, I just wanted to kind of look back a little bit at this offseason and some of the moves that AJ Preller made. Uh, I'm not going to go through like every move, but just wanted to rank the Padres offseason signings, which were the best, which I don't think there were any like bad moves that AJ made, but which are going to be, you know, the most impactful moves. Um, so let's get to it in the comments on YouTube live. If you want to join the show, you can click that link uh, that is pinned on YouTube there, or you can just comment your thoughts. How would you rank the Padres offseason signings? Maybe you could do your top five or your top 10. Uh, let me know. So I'm going to start at one. Some rankings. People that like to do rankings, sometimes they like to start at number 10 and then work their way to number one. But I think it's good to start with one. We all know who number one is. It's Sander Bogarts. He was the big splash this winter, right? Eight straight full seasons with 130-plus games played. Three silver sluggers that he has won at shortstop in the American League in the last four seasons. I know it's a new league, and so it's going to be harder for him to win the silver slugger. In the National League, when you have Francisco Lindor, you have Dansby Swanson, right? He's not huge on the bat, but he's still a good shortstop. Um, thought they were going to have Carlos Correa, but he's in the American League. Trey Turner, who else? Uh, I'm just trying to think of good shortstops here. No one in our division that you know makes you panic. Willie Adamas is decent, but it, it's Bogarts, right? It's Trey Turner. Trey Turner is the big competition, right? Uh, so maybe it would actually was harder for him to win it in the AL now that I think about it. Now that I'm trying to go through names, it's Dansby, it's Trey Turner. Uh, I'm not worried about the Dodgers situation there. You know, Gavin Lux, okay. Willie Adamas, that doesn't, you know, concern me, at least if I was Xander Bogarts. So maybe it's maybe it's just those. Um, 
But three silver sluggers last four seasons. Let's see if he can do that in 2023. 5.8 baseball reference war last year, a 307 average, 131 OPS plus. League average is 100, so he was still above average there on the OPS plus. Uh, and that was considered a down year for Xander. You know, like, I think, let me look up his stats. I think that it was like 2018 probably was his like really good year. Because if you go by war, 5.8 last year, 4.9 in 2021. 6.3, 2019, that's the year I was thinking about. So 6.3 was like his best year, top five MVP, MVP finish. Um, so last year actually wasn't as bad if you look at war. Like the the all encompassing stat wasn't as bad as I guess I thought, uh, but it, that's still not probably the best year. It obviously, wasn't his best year. That's probably not what he's trying to do, right? He probably wants to have a little bit more of a year, a little more productive of a season, uh, especially going into a new team this year, and he can do that. And th there's no doubt why he's number one on this list. You know, part of it is because he plays every day. But it's also, you know, it's not just the numbers, right? All we hear, you know, Red Sox fans, when they lost Sander, like, they were heartbroken. Like, he was their guy, and he was a great leader. And he, it was more than just what he did on the field, right? Um, so I think that's going to be able to translate well over to the Padres clubhouse. And so I'm looking forward to that. He improved defensively last year as well. So this guy, you know, he's going to play every day, pretty much every day. He usually stays healthy, and I think that was important for the Padres, right? They, they value someone that is a leader, someone that posts, right? We obviously saw that with the Manny signing, the huge money that they were giving him. He posts, and he's shown that, right? Jake Cronenworth plays every day. Ha-Sung Kim stays pretty healthy. I think he stayed pretty healthy last year, right? Let me double check how many games Kim played last year. Last year, 150. Yeah, 117 in 2021. But he also had Tatis, you know, playing shortstop some games, right? He wasn't like the real shortstop. You know, he was more of a utility guy playing a little bit of shortstop when Tatis wasn't playing shortstop and was playing the outfield, right? So he stayed healthy. The, the Padres, they love. Having, he having healthy players, consistent players, guys that they can rely on on that infield. So Xander's number one for me. Hit over 300 last year. I mean, I I'm already loving Xander. He was the biggest signing, most impactful signing, definitely. Number two, I'm going with Michael Walker. Now, maybe some would have said, well, you should have Matt Carpenter as number two. You should have Nelson Cruz up there. And we'll get to them. Uh, but Michael Walker, like, I think the Padres, if, if you you had a replacement level DH on the roster, and I think Cruz and Carpenter aren't just going to be replacement level DHs. I think they can be better than that. But let's just say that's who's on the roster, right? A replacement level DH. I think the Padres still have enough offense. With Tatis coming back this year, and Bogarts and Soto and Manny and Cronenworth and Grisham going to have a better year compared to last year. Uh, and Kim, like, 
I, I think they have the offense necessary. The question last year, right, where they got into trouble was with the starting pitching. You know, like the four starter, you had Clevenger and Manaya. That's where they got into trouble there in the NLCS. And even in the NLDS, I know that the Padres, they were able to win that in four games, but that one game was the Clevenger start, right? Game one, and he sucked, right? We need someone that we can rely upon as the game four starter. And Michael Walker, I think he can be that guy for the Padres this year. And so that's why I put him at number two, someone that can give you over 100 innings. He will give you over 100 innings if he's healthy. I know health, it's always a question mark, but if it's a question mark, then a lot of these guys are going to be lower than where I have them because just health is always a question mark, you know? Um, Waka last year, a 3.3 baseball reference war. 3-3-2 ERA, 127 in the third innings pitched in 2022. And I think he earned a multi-year deal. And just based on all the interviews that he's gave to the media and just what I've seen so far, it's very limited. We haven't seen him in game action or anything like that. But what I've seen is someone that really wants to help the Padres win. Like, And it was clear to him who he was going to go sign with that made it pretty easy. Once the Padres were showing interest, like he was going to get a deal done. And so it seems like this guy is kind of like Matt Carpenter, like really wants to help this team win its first championship. You know, he's not here for the weather just to get his money. Um, now, giving Michael Walker a multi-year deal was definitely part of why he came to the Padres, but he really wants to help this team win. I think he can be that fourth starter. Maybe AJ, you know, it's still hard for me to sit here and be like, wow, AJ did not make a trade this offseason. He didn't. But uh, a trade probably will happen at some point this year. And maybe one of those trades that happens, or a trade, if there's only one trade that happens, maybe it'll be starting pitching. And Michael Waka, his role maybe decreases a little bit, but... It's Seth Lugo and Nick Martinez. Those are the two guys in the rotation that are kind of like, okay, is one of them going to go to the bullpen? How long is this six-man rotation going to go, right? With Seth Lugo, or excuse me, not Seth Lugo, with Michael Walker, he's in the rotation. Like, it's he's the four-starter or the five-starter, and then Lugo or Martinez, they're the four or the five wherever Michael Walker's not, right? So he's going to be a big impact. I think he's going to provide a big impact to this Padres team. I have him at number two. I have Matt Carpenter at number three. With Waka and Carpenter, like you could have Carpenter be number two over Waka because Carpenter plays every day, or he could play every day. I don't know if he's going to play every day. It seems like he's going to be a DH platoon with Nelson Cruz. Um, so it, it, this is kind of like 2A and 2B, really. Um, I just think Walker's going to get consistent starts. I don't know how consistent Matt Carpenter's going to play. It's He's going to play a lot, but I don't think he's going to be playing every day like Jake Cronenworth is. I think he's going to be platooning, and it's going to be more like Kim at second base, Crony at first, and then if it's a righty on the mound, okay, then Carpenter will be in the lineup. If it's a righty on the mound, then maybe Carpenter's not going to be in the lineup, and it's going to be... Uh, Nelson Cruz. Did I say lefty? Yeah, if a lefty's on the mound, Cruz. If a righty's on the mound, Carpenter. I think that's 
how the Padres probably envision it playing out right now if everyone can stay healthy. Health is obviously the big question, right? Uh, but Matt Carpenter, he's going to be huge for this team. 2.4 baseball reference war last year. That that doesn't sound like a lot, but it was a small sample size. Uh, he did get hurt. I think he fouled the ball off his foot. That limited some playing time. But when he was healthy last year, he was like Babe Ruth. The guy hit 305. League average, I was saying earlier, the league average OPS plus is 100. His, his uh, OPS plus was 217 in 128 at bats look I, so again i know that's a small sample size but he found something last year still has the mustache rocking he found something and seems like he's going to continue doing whatever he did last year so i think he's going to be big for this team do i like him more than josh bell last year probably that's not like a, a like a, a big slight against Josh Bell. Like, I hate Josh Bell. That's not what I'm saying. Matt Carpenter was just amazing last year when he was playing. and I'm not expecting him to have an OPS plus of over 200 when he's on the field this year. But I do expect it to be above league average. I expect, it, I expect him to be a pain in the butt to opposing pitchers hitting out of like the six hole sometimes seven hole maybe you know like that's how much depth is in this Padres order when Nando gets back he's gonna be big for this team I, I haven't even mentioned like he's just a winner you know with the Cardinals he had a little spurt with the Rangers I think but Yankees Cardinals like obviously the big span of time was with the Cardinals and the Cardinals, they're a winning ball club. And he was around a lot of winning players, right? And that mentality, I was hitting on it earlier. Him going into spring training, or this was before spring training, but it was during the media intro Zoom press conference that he had when the signing was first announced. Um, he was talking about, like, he didn't come here for the weather, you know, no disrespect to the San Diego weather. He came here to win. This team wants to win, and he wants to help this team win for the first time. Um, and you look at those teams, you know, Cardinals 2013. I know that was a long time ago, but he placed top four in the MVP that year. Like, so I, I bring up that year because that was the year the Red Sox made it to the World Series. They ended up losing to the Red Sox. Uh, but the Cardinals, they, mean, they ended up making it to the World Series there. Did I just say the Red Sox losing to the Red Sox? I meant Cardinals. You know what I meant? Cardinals losing to the Red Sox. Uh, sorry. I, it's just cold right now. I'm doing this in my garage, and that's why people on YouTube, they can see my hood. Uh, it's just cold today. It's raining. I think there was hail a little bit earlier. I guess there were some people without internet at one point. So, braving the elements, I guess, today. Um what was I saying? So Red Sox, Cardinals, that World Series. So Carpenter was big on that team going to that World Series. And that's what this Padres team is trying to do this year, right? And Carpenter, he has that experience. Like Xander Bogarts has that experience. He was playing on a Yankees team last year. He was like hitting third, fourth in the lineup because he was so hot. That was a team that was trying to win the World Series, right? They didn't, but they had those aspirations. So Carpenter knows, you know, how to go about things when there's high expectations on a team. Like that's not going to, you know, get him out of a routine or 
that's not going to make him worried about something, right? So I, I love the Matt Carpenter deal. Um, I have him at number three. I have Seth Lugo at number four. I put Carpenter above Lugo. Carpenter, I think he's going to have more of an impact because he's going to play more consistently. I, I think Lugo's going to start the season as a starter because he was guaranteed that by the Padres, but I'm not going to count on him staying in the rotation the entire year. So that kind of knocks down the value that I think Lugo's going to have to the Padres. I'm not saying he's not going to have value, but it's not going to be as high as Michael Walker. If let's let's say let's assume health, Walker's going to be more valuable, I think, than Lugo. And the Padres bullpen, like, where's Lugo going to be? Seventh inning at best, if he goes to the bullpen, uh, where Walker's going to be an everyday starter. Carpenter's going to get consistent at bats, I would think. Not as consistent as like an everyday player, but. He's going to get a lot of at-bats. Uh, but Lugo last year, 3-6-0 ERA and 65 innings out of the bullpen. He has not started since 2017, I think, consistently. And that wasn't like 30 starts. That was like 18, 17, 18 starts. So I'm very interested in seeing how Seth Lugo does in 2023 for the Padres as a starter, seeing what he does in the WBC, seeing what he does in spring training starts. Um, I think he's going to have a positive impact to this team. I mean, I've said it numerous times, whether that is in the rotation or it's in the bullpen, like we don't know that. Lugo doesn't know that. The Padres don't know that. I think his performance is, and injuries, his performance is going to dictate where he ends up, you know, for the majority of the time this year in the regular season. So that's going to unfold. Uh, but Lugo, I mean, he was one of the best Mets pitchers Mets relievers last season last couple years like Buck Showalter was relying on him and he was relying on Edwin Diaz in that bullpen and so that that gives me confidence that Lugo this guy he's not going to be relied upon as at least going into the year he's not going to be relied upon as like the Robert Suarez of this team you know Suarez and Hayter have their roles and then there's Garcia Lugo's like the sixth starter on this team Right. I guess there's pressure on him, but and they gave him a major league contract and we know the reputation that he has. Like we know he's going to provide an impact. There is pressure still on him. Um, and he is a he it seems like he's a really, really big competitor, um, even in, you know, early spring training games. I was listening to Ben and Woods this morning about Lugo and they were saying how much he was competing against guys in those live BP sessions. So. I'm not saying that he doesn't think there's pressure on him or anything like that, but I don't think that Padres fans see that there's like a ton of pressure on Seth Lugo this year where there was more pressure on him with the Mets last year just because of the role. And there just wasn't as much depth really on the Mets as there is with the Padres. Um, so I have Seth Lugo number four. I'm kind of, that could be hired if you're going to tell me that Seth Lugo is going to be a starter the whole year, it could be lower if he's going to be in the bullpen for most of the year, right? Nelson Cruz is another guy. I have him at number five. You know, some of these rankings, I know I'm saying I'm ranking the Padres offseason signings. Like, this one's good. This one sucks, you know, at the bottom end. But I'm not saying that these suck. Like, these are all, I think, really good moves. It's hard to rank them. This one's kind of just going back over the moves, really. Like, I'm ranking them, but... I could go a, a lot of different ways with the way that I'm ranking these, you know?
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, Nelson Cruz coming off eye surgery. He had a down year last year, but he's coming off the eye surgery. 30 plus home runs, his last seven full seasons with working eyeballs. Uh, I know that he's probably not going to get the amount of at bats that he did in those years where he, he was able to hit over 30 home runs. But I'm just throwing out 2022 with Nelson Cruz. What he did, I'm just throwing it out. Like the guy was having a hard time seeing, tracking pitches. Like he has said that publicly. So I'm not worried about Nelson Cruz and his production for 2023. I think against lefties, he's going to be able to mash against lefties. And you put him there hitting fifth, maybe sixth. Behind Crony, maybe, like, go eat, you know, if that makes sense. Like, he's going to feast off of those pitchers, I think, because uh, he's done it in his career. He has a long track record of doing this in his career. And, again, in his career when his eyeballs were working, it's a lot of success. There's a lot of success there. And kind of like with the Bogart stuff and the leadership and all that, like, he's going to provide a – positive impact to that clubhouse and this is a guy that i think it's not just like hosmer oh positive impact it's a guy that um will be able to help you on the field as well 2021 was not that long ago and he ended up being an all-star hitting over 30 home runs having an ops over 800 having an ops plus well above league average 129 that wasn't that long time ago right 140 games 584 at bats that year I'm not saying he's going to get that amount this year uh, with the platoon, but injuries could happen. Crony could go down. Kim could go down, and that means Carpenter's playing first, right? And that's moving guys around, and now Cruz is like the primary DH. Obviously, you don't want to see that. Like, guys get hurt, but things happen, right? When you go to, like, talking about Lugo and Martinez and guys like that, uh, Waka, like, additions to this team. Uh, Martinez wasn't, but technically was free agent signing i guess i could uh, i probably should mention like i'm not mentioning martinez i'm not mentioning robert suarez in here because they were on the team last year i'm not viewing them as like additions i know they were additions technically because they were signed in free agency right they opted out they were free agents like the padres had to bring them back it wasn't like a club option thing but they were on the team last year they're going to be impactful we know what nick martinez can bring to this team I guess the question is, how long can he be in the rotation? But we know that he's the ultimate competitor. We know that he's a team player willing to do whatever. We know Robert Suarez is probably one of the more underrated relievers in baseball. If you're just looking at like the Major League Baseball list, the top 10 relievers right now, I don't think he was on it. Uh, just the top relievers in baseball. It doesn't seem like his name is put in there. Uh, maybe that's just because people aren't that familiar with him and Josh Hader's a bigger name, but even Josh Hader's not on those lists. So, and I think part of that was just because of the ERA numbers being inflated 
because he had a, a rough stretch. He was dealing with a rough stretch at, at one point last year, right? Um, where was I? Getting back to, what was I talking about? Lugo, Martinez. Totally forgot what I was talking about. I know I was on Nelson Cruz. Oh, um, the the uh, the injuries. So, like, if the rotation, if someone goes down, like, because last year in the rotation, people were able to stay healthy. Players, you know, Musgrove, Snell, Darvish, they were able to stay healthy. That's not a guarantee to happen in 2023. So if one of them goes down or if someone else in the rotation goes down, that's big to have Waka there, right? If someone goes down, it's big to have Nelson Cruz be able to step in and play DH, be the DH every day so that Carpenter can go play another position. Or if Carpenter goes down, you're going to need that everyday DH. Well, the Padres have that and someone that has done that consistently throughout like his entire career, right? And he has working eyeballs again. So I think that's something that's not being talked about, but that's something that's huge is that everything seems to be working fine this spring for Nelson Cruz. So he's going to have an impact for this team. Adam Engel, I have at number six. So, so far, I have Bogarts one, Waka two, Carpenter three, Lugo four, Cruz five. I have Adam Engel six. Uh, I have David Dahl seven. I have Engel six just because, you know, he's, I think he has a major league roster spot. It was a major league signing where David Dahl, it was a minor league deal. We'll see. If he starts the year in El Paso, I hope he starts the year with the major league team. That means that he probably had a solid spring training. Uh, he looks really, really jacked. So I'm kind of grouping these two together, Angle and Dahl. Uh, but Angle just above him, because the, the he has the more consistent major league playing time, I feel like, the last few years. And he's on the roster. I, I think he is going to, he probably has the edge right now to be the starting would it be starting right fielder on opening day? I think Grish is going to be in center. Soto's in left. We already know that. I think Angle has the edge. Um, you know, Dahl could go take it. Uh, but Angle, he, he's probably the better offensive player over Jose Zokar, right? He has a great glove, great speed. Feels like he's another Grisham. He's a right-handed Grisham. That's what it feels like to me. I haven't watched... You know, every game of Adam Engel, you know, last season that he played or his White Sox career. But just looking up, you know, baseball savant stuff, uh, I believe I remember going over the signing when that happened. And I'm looking up his baseball savant numbers right now. He had a lot of numbers in the red, which is great. That's what that means. Max exit velocity was really good, above average. Sprint speed was great. Outs above average was between average and great. It was still red, but a little more lighter red. The dark red is like really great. Outfield jump, 90th percentile, really great. The arm strength, not great. Um, he's not someone that's going to go hit a bunch of home runs. He has like seven home runs, I think, is the most home runs that he's hit in his big league career in any season. But... There's plenty of that, right? When Tatis comes back, he can hit a ton of home runs, right? Cruz can hit home runs. Carpenter can hit some home runs. Crony can hit some home runs. Bogarts can hit some home runs. We know Manny can hit home runs. We know Soto can hit over 20 bombs, right? We know Grisham can have that potential to hit 20. Well, I think he has that potential to hit 20 bombs. 
So he, he doesn't need to worry about that. Great glove, great on the base pass. I think he can impact the team late in games as a defensive replacement. The Padres have a four-run lead. Why have Juan Soto in the game, right? If you trust your bullpen, have Adam Engel out there. Or maybe, maybe they won't go with Juan Soto, but let's say uh, maybe they don't want Grisham in there because he's struggling at the plate or matchups-wise late in games. They have a lead. They're still comfortable with Adam Engel's glove in center field. So they'll put him out there, right? Kind of like with the Zokar, but maybe the matchups, right? I know the Zokar's a righty, but Angle, I think, is a little bit better offensively, the more has a little more upside offensively than Jose Zokar does. So it's another veteran, another guy that knows what he's doing out there in the outfield. I like that signing. David Dahl, again, I have him seven, just below Adam Angle. Look, it's kind of hard to decide which one's the better offseason signing. I mean... I like the upside of David Dahl. It seems like he's been working his butt off. He once was an all-star. I don't know if you guys remember that, but he was once an all-star. I think it was 2017. So it was in there. You just got to find the consistency, right? We just got to find that back. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that he can find the roster because he's a lefty. So you get a lefty bat off of the bench, a lefty outfield bat off of the bench because we know Engel's a righty, Azokar's a righty. So it would be good to have someone like that um, off the bench. Twenty nine or not twenty twenty seventeen was not the All Star year. I'm sorry. Twenty nineteen was the All Star year. Age twenty five with the Rockies. He played in hundred games, hit over three hundred, had a one eleven OPS plus. He has not had that type of year again. Twenty twenty short season, struggled. Very limited at bats though. I want to say that twenty four games. 2021 with Texas, only 63 games, bad OPS plus, well below league average, bad average, bad on base percentage, no slug really. Um, so he's got to find the consistency back, right? So I'm hoping he does. Looks like in great shape, but you know, uh, we can be in great shape and then suck at baseball, right? So we got to see what he does on the field, but. I have a feeling he's going to provide an impact for the Padres. Maybe, hopefully, he can be a little better than Nomar Mazara last year for the Padres. You know, Mazara played good in spring, was in El Paso, came up, did good for a little bit there, and then, you know, came back to earth a little bit, right? And then I, I forget what happened with him. Did he, he either got released or DFA'd or went back to El Paso? Uh, but I'm hoping David Dahl can be a little bit better than that when he. Is his name is called at the big league level, which I think it will be. I think it will be. Um, I'm high on David Dole. I think just Adam Angle, he's the more guaranteed, he's the, the better guarantee, I think. So I'm having him at six, David Dole at seven. Number eight, I'm going with Brent Honeywell. He's the last one that I'm ranking because there's some other depth guys that I can hit on. Uh, but Honeywell, I, I did want to rank because I think the Padres will use him at the big league level at some point. Like injuries are a big thing with him, right? Like, he was a big prospect and had this big potential in pitching in Futures game, striking out Vlad Jr. in the Futures game in Miami in 2017. I think that's when that was. But then a lot of injuries. He's had, I think, Tommy John surgeries, ton of injuries that he's had to deal with. So he just has not been able to stay on the mound. If he can stay on the mound, he I guarantee you he will have a role at some point for the Padres this year. No doubt. I mean, the upside is so there. He had a 
0.96 ERA in the Winter League. Uh, things that I've seen, like when he's on the mound, the stuff is there. And if you go look at, like, look, I'll take a look at his baseball reference page right now. And it says his career, 831, right? Not good. And it, all it shows is 2021 with the Tampa Bay Rays. But that doesn't tell, like, the story. Okay, he struggled there, but it's not a lot of appearances. And you go last year when he went from Tampa to Oakland. He had, okay, he sucked in, in Vegas at AAA. But then maybe it was mechanics. I don't know. I don't know the whole background on that. But then he went to Stockton, which is another minor league affiliate. Only two games, only three innings. Um, but again, one run in those three innings, one walk. And then what I'm looking at, so you don't have to pay a whole lot of attention to that. I wouldn't pay a whole lot of attention to the numbers that he had in AAA with Oakland because I think he was with the big league squad a little bit near the end of the season, just being around the guys. So I don't know how much he was actually pitching then. But if you go to Escojito, I think that's how you say it, the winter league, a .96 ERA, 28 innings, gave up three earned runs, only allowed one home run, 17 strikeouts, six walks. His whip was below .7. I'm looking at that, and I know Winter League, well, maybe not all those guys are Major League players, and I know they're not all Major League players, but the upside was there. There was a lot of talent there. I still think it is there. Like, clearly, he can still do it. He just has to stay healthy, right? He still has some nasty pitches. What is his, what is that one pitch? Is it the cutter or the splitter? There's something I'm trying to look up here. What his great pitch is that that like out pitch. The screwball, the screwball is what like has set him apart. I was I was watching the futures game highlights when we first signed him, and it was like wow, like hitters are not touching this. Uh, like he was dominant. I mean, 2017 feels like a long time ago, but it was there. I think that he's, it's still there somewhere. Um, he just has to stay healthy. Like that's, I was DMing with Martin uh, Gallegos. He writes for the, he writes for Emily.com about the A's, the team Honeywell was with uh, before he went to the Padres here this off season. And just, I was asking him like, what are you seeing in Honeywell? Like why? What's the problem here? Um, just just wanted to see some background. And this is what he told me. Really just injuries. He was set to join the A's rotation out of spring training, but got hurt in Cactus League, then had another setback in the season. So again, injuries. Had a setback, was hurt in Cactus League. Uh, once he got back on the mound, the stuff looked good in his rehab outing. It's all about whether he can stay healthy for the long haul. And so far, he's been unable to do that, unfortunately. That's what it's about. So, and look, the Padres, they do believe in him. Like, they, they have that major league incentive in his contract. I think he gets a little less than 800000 if he gets to the big leagues. So, they do believe in him. Like, that belief is there. 
It's just the health. So I don't know if it's a different training staff will help or just different mechanics working with Ruben Niebla, recovery. I don't know what it is. But I still think that he's going to help this team. I think I, I don't I don't know if he's viewed as high on the depth chart as like Adrian Morahone or Jay Groom. But I think the upside is there Well, where if he can stay healthy, he will be ahead of those guys and he could be first in line to the big leagues if someone on the six-man rotation gets hurt. I could see that. So there are other, there are other uh, depth moves that I did want to get to, but first... This episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right. Looks like the guys are doing some work on the backfields. So I wanted to get to some more depth moves. These aren't, I'm not like ranking these. I probably shouldn't have even, now looking back at it, probably shouldn't have even ranked Brent Honeywell because we don't know a ton about him and injuries have gotten to him and I'm really ranking the upside. Like I really like Honeywell and can't wait to see him pitch. I just don't know how often he's going to pitch in spring training games and what their plan is for him. Hopefully someone from the media who's in Peoria will ask that of Bob Melvin. Um, so just some other depth guys that probably are just along Honeywell, you know, just depth guys that are probably in the minor leagues. Uh, Julio Tehran, he's pitching for, I think, Team Columbia in the WBC. We'll see what role they have for him. Seems like an El Paso guy. If he pitches well in El Paso, then he'll just keep pitching in El Paso. And then if an injury happens or they need a spot start, then maybe they go to Julio Tehran. I think that's the same thing you can see with Brent Honeywell. Same thing you could see with Jake Groom. Same thing with Ryan Weather. Like Those guys are in that same boat. Maybe, maybe Pedro Avila as well. Um, Jose Lopez was added. It seems like just reading some of the beat writers that are covering the team doesn't seem like Jose Lopez has a great shot at major at making the major league roster. I thought he was going to have a better shot. I was like penciling him in on the big league roster because he's a rule five guy. Like rule five guys, they make the roster. If they don't, they you have to give them back to the team that they that you got them from, which was the Tampa Bay Rays, and you only get like half the money uh, back that I think the that they gave the Rays to get Jose Lopez. So like it, it's 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 not great that you have to give them back to the team. You're, it's not like you just get all the money back; you get half the money back if that makes sense. So maybe I think they like the upside, Jose Lopez, and maybe he can turn into a lesser version of a uh, Jose Alvarado, you know, like we saw with the Phillies last year, but he like has to really show out who showed out. Last, was it Steven Wilson last year? He really showed out and then he made the roster. You got to kind of like see that from Jose Lopez this spring and he'll get some, he'll get the opportunity. I would think definitely late in games. If they want, starters and reliever the best relievers to be working you know first five six innings early in spring 
late in games, I think Lopez will get shots. And Luis Garcia, he's going to be gone, right? Tehran, Chris Matt, they're going to be gone. So, yeah, I anticipate some opportunities there for Jose Lopez. We'll see what he looks like there. Uh, Cole Hamill's another depth guy. Sammy Levin on Ben and Woods this morning was saying that they don't play, the Padres don't plan on having Cole Hamill's pitch in spring training games. That's what Bob Melvin said, which was surprising to me, but maybe they're like, hey, we don't want to push you. We have a lot of depth options. You're not, like, let's just be honest, you're not at the top of those depth options right now. Uh, we just signed you. Let's take it slow. And if this was the plan, then I think Hamels is going to be okay with going to El Paso because why would he sign this deal if he knew that he wasn't going to get a legit shot pitching in spring training games with the Padres, right? Like, I thought he was going to sign here, pitch in spring training, blow the Padres away, or at least get a chance to. I don't think he will, like, blow the Padres away, but his, I'm saying, like, his mindset, maybe blow the Padres away and get a roster spot. So he, he wants to ride the buses in El Paso. He's willing to do that for the Padres and get that shot at the big league level at some point if he can pitch well, maybe. Um, but that's what it feels, that's what it seems like the plan is, is Hamels to just be a guy, get work in before spring training games, maybe have live, B, live BP sessions in the morning before spring training games. But that's what Sammy Levitt was saying earlier today, like the Padres, Bob Melvin telling the media, they don't plan on Hamels going in spring training games, which was interesting to me. But that just tells you how many guys that they have to have throw, right? Um, yeah, they're guys that are throwing in WBC, but there's still Musgrove. There's still Snell, right? There's still Jay Groom. There's still uh, Nick Martinez when he's not pitching in the, in the WBC because he still has, I think, two or three outings before the WBC, two outings after the WBC. Uh, Seth Lugo before and after, right? Darvish, he's gone already, but so you could take him out. But there's still a lot of guys. Tehran, they want to see when he's not in the WBC. Chris Matt, they want to see. I think he's built up like as a starter, or at least he's building up as one. Uh, they want to see Wilmer Font. They want to see Tehran. Uh, they want to see Groom Weathers with the new windup. Like there's a lot of guys that are probably ahead of Cole Hamels that they want to see here. So Honeywell, they want to see. So I understand why Hamels. At least the plan, I guess, is for him not to pitch in spring training games as of now. Or maybe he'll get in there late in a game or something if they need someone, but it doesn't seem like he's going to go. Uh, Wilmer Font, he's another guy. Max Schrock, uh, infield guy. Maybe he replaces Eggie Rosario on guys that get playing time in spring training games. Or maybe it's Merrill. Like Maybe they, they just view Schrock as an El Paso guy. Uh, he's coming from the Reds, I believe. And they're going to have Merrill just take Eggie Rosario's reps. Like, it can't hurt. This is a top prospect. Let's get him all the spring training game time that we can get. Get our coaching staff eyes on this guy as much as we can. And that's what they want to do. They'll give Brandon Dixon more playing time than Merrill just because he's probably on the roster and he's ready, at least closer ready at the big league level than Merrill is, obviously. But they want to see Merrill. So I'm interested in seeing how much playing time Merrill gets compared to Max Schrock. But there's also multiple infield positions here, right? Tatis, they want most of his playing time to be in the outfield. So it's going to be Crony. And then who? Carpenter will get playing time in the infield, right? Uh, Tatis, outfield. So Bogarts is going to be gone. Manny's going to be gone. So Dixon will get time, probably a lot of time. And then who is it? Merrill and Schrock, right? Those guys aren't going to be playing every day, 
right? Crony, Carpenter, they're not gonna play, they're not gonna play every day in the field. That's just not the way spring training goes. So you'll see Schrock play sometimes. You'll see uh Merrill play maybe when Schrock isn't playing or them just playing different positions. So we'll see about that. Uh Sean Pop and another guy that was signed. I don't believe that's a major league deal. Um I think he's an El Paso guy, and Pedro Severino seems like backup or starting catcher, sharing catching time in El Paso with Brett Sullivan, who I think is representing Team Italy in the WBC. So he'll play probably late in spring training games, just one of those guys that are filling the spot, filling a spot spring training-wise. So those are some depth guys. Went through Brent Honeywell. The upside is there for him. David Dahl. We'll see if he can get back to how he, how he was with Colorado. He looks jacked. Adam Angle, I think he's a sure bet because I think he's going to be on the roster. Um, Nelson Cruz, Matt Carpenter, Platoon DHs, Seth Lugo, Michael Waka. I think those are quality additions by A.J. Preller, front office Peter Seidler this offseason. Uh, Lugo, we'll see how long he's in the rotation. Waka feels like he's definitely in the rotation. Um, as long as he's healthy. And then Xander Bogarts, he's the number one move in the offseason, obviously. Like, no doubt. Uh, let me know on social media, at Talking Friars, Twitter, Instagram, what do you think of the rankings? Maybe not just the rankings, because, again, I, I did rank them, but it's early spring training. Um, there's some guys that us Padres fans, right, we don't know a ton about. So I'm kind of just throwing the names out there. So you can give me your thoughts on certain guys. Which guys do you think will make the roster? Which guys are you most excited to see play in spring training? I guess that's what you can do. Uh, podcast platforms, you can do that on social media as well. People on YouTube in the comments, on replay, you can do that. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in here. Episode 344 of Talking Friars. That'll do it. Go Padres. Have a good one. See ya.